Good afternoon, everyone, and welcome to Sunday Sessions. It's 7th of February, 2021. Well, uh, thank you very much uh, for joining me for this uh, weekly time of exploring our nature-centered folklore, connecting this to within your favorite sanctuary space, and uh, expressing inspired visions from your sanctuary through your poetry, writing, art, craft, performance, and problem solving. Now, today's Sunday session is our second session in this Imbolc time, and uh, it's Imbolc Traditions is what I've labeled it as. And today we're going to focus more on the goddess traditions that are said to have inspired life, crafts, and teachings of Breeder, Brigid, of the internal flame. And many people interpret the name of this earth goddess, spirit, and its image as Breed, Brigid, Breeder, and other similar names. Now, last Sunday was Brigid the Flame, the story of her going to kill Dara. But the focus of this Sunday is water living water, and the Earth's bearing of water. Now, not only was this uh, 2.30 p.m. last Wednesday when it was the point of Imbolc, it was also the midpoint of the annual time of Aquarius. Um, so most of you would be familiar with the Aquarius water symbol, and there we have it there. And oh, a couple of pictures I never showed you, just thinking of the eternal flame, we have that one. And there's our sort of logo for the Imbolc. Anyway, going on to the Aquarius, uh, you'll be familiar with it. It's um, a symbol of the water waves, even though it, uh, Aquarius is an air sign. Now, it seems to appear in ancient art. And Fornox, the megalithic site in Meath, is a great example of that. Here's a, a stone there. And uh, this is a bit more close up, or another one that's close up. And there's myself in my more youth standing beside it. And if you're not familiar with the outside of uh, Fornox, there it is. You have to go and get the key up the road. And then, of course, there's the man pouring the water. Um, that's the Aquarian symbol. And uh, there's uh, Leo Greiker, perhaps uh, in his younger years. Uh, and, but um, oh, <laughs> I'm stuck on that. And... Come on, next one up, please. There you go. And oh, there's this man. Or I think I've got another one as well. Uh, or you've got a choice of this one. Uh, the man uh, pouring water on the land as an Aquarian symbol. But before he came along, there was a woman pouring water. And that was the Aquarian symbol for many centuries, uh, I believe. And uh, give you a couple more here. There's that one. And uh, is this another one? Yes, that's uh, when we were at the Shannon Park. We got Bee on and she's watching. She might remember because she was there. But uh, where I live, uh, there's usually most years, there seems to be snow that's fallen. And uh, on Bridges Day anyway, on the first and even around now, at least on the hills and the low mountains around here at Karakrori. Now, by the sidereal point of Imbolc, a few days later, this snow is melting. It's melting and it's going down geological swallow holes. Here's one here. And from there, it goes underground and picks up minerals and chelates them on the way underground. 
and appears in the natural springs replenishing the wells. Uh, that's outside Malangala. And uh, this is the one that's near us. I love this one because it's fresh water all year round. As the spring well stays clean, it's bubbling the whole time. And then going back to the Shannon Park, we've got to show that one as well. I think that's a lovely sort of summary shot. And then some of this water, it also bubbles up into the turlows, which are the temporary lakes in the fields. And this happens through February. And then after this water has uh, gone down, fertile med meadows appear. But here's a, here's a cow or bull that couldn't wait, uh, wandering around in the turlow there. So this, uh, at this time, it's water-bearing time, waking up the new natural spring birth and all this flowing of the water over the land. And that's uh, the um, wayside well in Kildare. Now, during the Sunday sessions, we're going to focus mainly on water, the earth goddess springs and the so-called holy wells, and especially the water bearing and the overall rites of the spring birth. And that's actually, uh, that's a scene, you can see the water coming down. That's actually in the uh, Kishkoran mountain behind us. If you go to behind the caves, you kind of get the idea that it's quite a feminine mountain. Um, excuse a moment. But normally at this point, I would move on to some stories and maybe include a poem or two. But this Sunday, we're blessed, and a lot of them are lined up in the backstage already. We're blessed with the presence of eight women, and maybe some more uh, during the panel session uh, towards the end. And these wonderful women guests, they've got wonderful in bulk and water stories, experiences, and uh, they're going to express some of their crafts they're going to share with you this afternoon. So I'm delighted to have a sort of Sunday afternoon off myself to enjoy along with yourselves the presence of these lovely eight live guests. So this Sunday uh, session afternoon is going to be a, a bit like a mini Wise Women online festival. Here's some Wise Women for you there. So I've extended this afternoon's Sunday session. It's normally an hour, although it's been creeping over lately. This is going to be at least two hours. But even that is minimizing what these wonderful guests have to offer us. And I think if I had been a wise man, uh, this would have become a multi-day festival with at least one hour for each of these wonderful guests. But to do that, I would have needed a production team. And so I think my regular format is probably the best approach for you today for this year. But I'm going to look at this further because the platform I use for these sessions, StreamYard, they've just been bought out by an online festival events company called Hopin. And they're going to shortly offer some attractive online small festival packages for hosting. And they still work through Facebook and YouTube and can be mixed with live people actually appearing if once the COVID's over and we've got people live like we did on Sundays, have you all around. But then let's enjoy what we've got, what we have and what we can share now. So the guests now include the incredible Holy Well Care and community motivator, Sari Humble. And uh, funnily enough, uh, Sari got plenty of uh, photos of wells, but not of you beside wells. So here's you with your hang drum. Uh, that's Sarah, Sari. Um, 
incredible uh, motivator. And we've got uh, Amantha Murphy uh, to talk about a wonderful new book, The Way of the Shabin. There's uh, Amantha Murphy there. And there's uh, the cover of a lovely book. I've got it and I will show you lately. Uh, I'm looking forward to that as well. And this is including why her book was released now. And this is, I love this picture, Amantha there with Rose. Uh, captions, please. Oh, maybe not. Okay. Uh, now we've got some poetry for this time, a vision from B. Smith. There's a lovely uh, picture of B there, uh, who has shared wonderful crafted, a wonderful craft with us before. Um, there's a lovely one. That's the meme I made with her on a barge in the woods uh, way back. And then from County Wicklow, another sacred Welsh carer and hidden Welsh discoverer, usually hosts the Bridget Festival at this time in Glendalough, but not this year, uh, Rosalind Durkin. And there she is when we were doing a barge in the woods at Glendalough uh, in her sort of casual form. So, and that's, uh, uh, that was a great do. And this is more or less her sort of LinkedIn look, which is absolutely beautiful. And as I say, she's where we were at that time, that's by the um, Kevin's Well in Glendalough. And I'm going to be talking about another well she led us to. Um, and we've got a lovely return of Gina McGarry. Uh, she's not on in the bank's room here, but I hope she'll turn up. Be lovely. Uh, she's at Bridges Academy of Healing Arts. And she's going to share her lovely connection to water and herbs at this time that gives her practice her name. And I love this one, she's, of her sitting in the tree. I think that's a gorgeous one up there. And we've got a short, be beautiful short in bulk ceremony and lovely singing. It's a break from Everly Borton. Um, that's her <laughs> LinkedIn pose, I think. And um, this is her in action in a lovely living room concert, beautiful singer. And then when she's out and about and very human, I think that's very Kate Bushish, isn't it? So there, there we have that. And we've got some poetry and inspiration uh, from Jackie Queeley. And it's an honor because I haven't seen or heard from Jackie Queeley for a while. Uh, there's a nice up close one for you. I think that's a gorgeous one. And due to your wonderful response to Claire Roach, who was singing the Bridges song last Sunday, Claire's back with a song of water from a poem you probably all know very well. And this is a bit like she was last week. So uh, a wonderful lineup. Uh, we've got very a vibrant lineup of women there. And it's, they're all very passionate about this in bulk time. So I said we're likely to extend to two hours or a bit more for this one session only. And I feel this is going to be a very special event for you. And I trust you can stick around to enjoy it all uh, if you can. But if not, as you might be familiar, this is instantly archived on Facebook and YouTube. But these women, they really are wonderful voices to listen to and be inspired by. And also there's going to be a panel session uh, towards the end, we're bringing that back. Um, hence one reason for the time extension. We hope we'll have our seven guests, plus maybe a few more if you wish to volunteer to be live as well. So if you'd like to be live with the panel, say so in the comments here so I can get a link to you. 
and enter you into the green room, into the backstage here. So let's uh, have a quick look to see who's here and say hello uh, for this beautiful session uh, on the way. Um, uh, we've probably got some of our regulars. We've got, uh, let's see, we've got Sharon May Nickel. Good morning from London. Uh, there's Patricia Rice. Oh, lovely, up there from Europe early. The other side of the planet, Vancouver Island. Lovely. And a hardcore regular, always lovely to see, and a guest sometimes. Good morning from New Mexico. And I think you were here with a mouthful, am I right, Donna? You actually visited Karakroy. Kiss, great to see you. Great from Wales, uh, Kiss on board. Lenny's here. Um, I saw something of Lenny. Where has she gone? Um, there's uh, Lenny. Uh, there we go. Uh, there we go. And uh, Siobhan made it. Nice to see that you actually made it online. Obviously, you can, uh, you can actually catch up later if you've got to go away. And uh, there's uh, Shane here from Sussex and Big Bear through YouTube. He's a regular. Hello there, Big Bear. Lovely to see you again. And Jay Riley Mason, another becoming regular. Hi there. Good to see you as well. <coughs> so on with the show that we go. And before uh, we enter into the programming, um, uh let's get down to the business of this now uh with our lovely guests these karakroy sunday sessions in the karakroy labyrinth gardens uh now we miss having you visit us on sundays due to the current situation but they're brought to you largely to due to the patreon subscribers and some of those that were messaging now they're subscribers that are watching live today so thank you for your constant support as without it, I may not be able to afford these afternoon hostings. So this is great. Uh, your subscriptions really help uh, host these. Now, I'm slowly developing the She Water and Folklore course. It's free to the Patreon subscribers. It will be very soon. Preparations, I apologize, have been slow because preparations for each of these Sunday sessions takes up an amazing bit of time. But attention to the course is there. It's on the way. You can you, there's the link. You can subscribe a, a dollar, a euro, or a pound or more a month, and that's the link. Um, so thank you very much uh, with that. Now, at last, the moment you've certainly been waiting for. Um, now, someone's been messaging me uh, quietly. Same, there we go. Thank you, sir, for that. You're right. There we go. Great. It's fantastic. There's a bit of chatting with the back room there. That's lovely to see as well. So let's get on with this precious show by introducing our first lovely guest uh, for this afternoon. And surprisingly, I'm bang on time. Uh, we've got Sarah Humble. Um, and I've got all these people backstage, so I hope we get the right person on. Now, Sarah is a Hatha yoga teacher based in Leitrim. And part of the work was Sarah guiding people to connect with their surroundings and environment. And it's only just before the show I learned that she was a mask maker and caused from uh, drama therapy and things I've done in the past. That's what we used to do was get people make masks so they could become someone else. Beautiful. But during the four, last four years, I believe Sarah's been dedicating herself. Well, as I say believe, I know she has been dedicating herself for four years on a wonderful mission of bringing recognition and encouraging better local care community involvement and stewardship 
of how precious natural, sacred, and healing spring wells around Ireland. And most of you will know these as the holy wells, and people from the US have been over here. It's the one kind of site you love to visit and treasure. And Sarah is a moderator of the All Is Well group on Facebook. Worth checking that out. She's keeper of the Fairy Council of Ireland website and coordinator of projects from that website. Now, I've invited Sarah to talk a bit about her spring wells and water mission and her vision of water bearing and sharing from Embol. So let's find uh, Sarah amongst these lovely people in the back. There she is. And uh, get my uh, time to get my headphones on. Uh, <laughs> there she is. Uh, right. Hello there, Sarah. Lovely uh, to see you. I, I can hear the bell, so we must be getting sound. Now, I, I've been picking uh, up more or less from other people rather than yourself about the work you've been doing, the traveling around for the wells. Can you say a bit about what you've been doing and how you've been getting the community involved? Oh, um, <clears throat> uh, thank you very much for creating this space. I, I'm, I'm so honored to be among such fine company. Um, I'm just very, very grateful. Um, so about four years ago, um, I took to um, realizing the importance of water. I'd moved into the town of Westport. And I had started to drink tap water. I used to live in Leitrim and spring water had been piped in. So I hadn't drank anything but spring water for seven years. And drinking the town water, I got huge amount of fluoride poisoning, which put me in a fever for five days and then vomiting for another four. And so I started looking for the wells in the lounge and realized that they were um, starting to become forgotten about. And then you'd arrive. And they were dirty. So I took to um, doing the practical thing if you want to draw a water source, and that's just kind of cleaning, the, cleaning out the well. And fast forward, I ended up moving full time onto um, the road. An amazing topographer came into my life. Um, I started seeking out these places because it was so sacred. It was so beautiful, and the water was just exemplary. Um, I'm sorry, I'm very nervous. I don't know why I'm so nervous. <laughs> um, <laughs> and a topographer arrived. He put together a data bank of oh, 2,199 of the reputed 3,000 wells for me. And so I've spent the last four years dedicating my life to going and visiting each of these wells. But, you know, with that amount of wells, you could visit a different well every day for the next 10 years and only be getting to the end of that data bank. So as I was cleaning, sometimes some of the wells were in quite public places and people would, that would pass the well would stop and bid some time with me and I'd get to talk to them about their, their, what their memories were of how these wells were maintained or how they interacted with the community. And that's when I started realizing the importance of actually engaging local community in the careship of these sacred spaces, that these were the original, excuse the pun, watering holes. 
you know, um, quite often a watering hole is referred to as a public house, a pub nowadays. But this is where the community would come and interact. It was the bond, the glue, as you'd like, to um, how communities actually grew together. They, they, they shared that that space of honesty, why they were collecting the water for their household. And they, they would appear in their most natural states, fed up, happy or excited. And, you know, the, the, it, it was a way of um, people really engaging with each other. And I, I, I've been really privileged to see how communities work in and around, you know, sometimes you'd arrive and there would be prayer groups and the prayer groups echo the the traditions of ancient Ireland before Christianity started coming in. I don't see that there's any division anymore, that both are actually very much interlinked within our heritage. And in fact, the holy wells being put as such preserved and helped people keep it within their memories and thus preserve our traditions because water is such an important aspect of Ireland. We can't get away from it. It falls from the sky, it soaks up from the ground. I mean, we have we have so many abundant sources of minerally rich water sources. Each of these wells are associated with a different cure and they can be within half a mile of each other and have completely different mineral compositions from them. Um, it's been an amazing journey of um, people participation in in how they interact with these wells and I'm just really really honored to have spent so much time in and around them um, it's become the complete focus of my life and um, it's 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 a beautiful journey now one that I got very interested in is the Oh, I forget that it begins with K, but the British world is below Yushnak uh, because last time I was there, it was quite overgrown because it was a place that was really looked over, but uh, looked after. But you've been there not so long ago, and it's really looking a picture. I haven't got any photos of it, but <clears throat> beautiful heart-shaped well. Uh, that uh, Did you get quite a lot of local interaction uh, with that one uh, because it really looks gorgeous now it um oh yeah it's it's definitely one of the heart is that bridge as well so um a few years ago we 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 realized that ireland is very ancient in everything that isn't within the landscape and we decided we'd form a walk from the kingdom to the crown that walk is called Shulan Crack. So we started in Balance Skelligs and moved up through the sacred sites and the Holy Wells of Ireland, bringing awareness and cleaning them as we went. And um, the walk got as far as Slain. And then we realized it was time to stop and reevaluate. When this COVID um, situation came in, it became very apparent that we needed to finish the walk. So on first of all, the 4th of August, um, last year, I left from Tory Island and I took a route following the story of Lou of Longfather and down through the country that brought me through the alignments of different sacred sites and different holy wells. Um, Bridget's well was, 
oh, it was just before Samhain, it was the week before Samhain that I arrived at Bridget's Well, and I'd become aware because um, the last the last walk had, that's where it intersected, had ended up at Bridget's Well, and the beautiful ash tree, that's the guardian tree there, had been struck by lightning, and subsequently had cracked off and fallen into the well, and it was this like giant ash tree. So with the first walk, we had somebody come out with a chainsaw and trim it down, and we were using ropes. There were five, five, five or six people that came and helped try to get this piece of wood out, but unfortunately, we didn't have the right material. So when I came walking through this time of the round, coming down from the north, um, we became a little bit more organized, and I set up camp there. We stayed there a week, and we had people coming from the local community and slightly further ahead to come and help um, get this trunk, this tree trunk out. Um, and while we were there, we also did a lot of maintenance in and around. We took back the, the tree had fallen and cracked on the other side. So there was another branch down like that and the branch inside the well. And it was amazing the amount of people that came to help fix the heart center of Ireland. And we had a lot of help from um, David Clark up in Ishnook as well, and um, he gave us an awful lot of support. And we, uh, in talk with other water workers on the island, we felt it was the best thing to invite people to send their local well water to the well, so that after the cleaning process could go in, we could we we could help the well remember. Water is a crystalline structure, and it contains the memory of everything. Um, that it knows within the area. So in a bid to create health within the heart centre, we felt by adding drops of water from different wells that were held around the island that this could help the heart well remember how, how to flow um, as such. Um, so that, 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 that was a really, really beautiful near-ending tissue and crack. It was, it took three months for me to walk 500 miles. It's uh, fantastic to hear the adventures, and I certainly recommend people to keep in touch with you all as well. And I put the link up, uh, the fairy council, uh, .ie, because from your correspondence, you've been doing quite a bit of work with that uh, in the last week or so. So uh, that, that seems pretty exciting how that's developing. It is, and you mentioned the beginning and we into the time of Aquarius and the water keepers. Um, I think that the fairy council has been designed as a, as a hub, a central hub, to begin to show recognition towards ecology, towards heritage, towards the island and in my journeys traveling around wells of all the gathering um we're hoping that it will be a container to, to to show what we can offer and and you know for peers to be able to meet people with similar interests and connect in that way and also as indo for the wide public to 
you're starting to break up now, which is very unfortunate, but it's lovely to have had your adventures uh, as well. Certainly, let's have a go again when we have the panel a bit later. But it's been fantastic to actually meet you, hear a bit about what you're doing, and because you know you read on Facebook, and but it's lovely to put a face and voice uh, to all that fabulous work you're doing. Fantastic, Sarah, and thanks for uh, sharing a bit uh, with us. Uh, so, sorry, humble. Thanks very much, and. Um, Yes, hopefully. Uh, sorry that was broken up a bit. Uh, some people were saying about volume. Uh, I'm less unfortunate with these uh, shows. Sometimes the signal is out um, and uh, we have to do what we can with it. Uh, now, uh, well, if Samantha Murphy is supposed to be up uh, coming up next, but uh, I don't see her in the back room here. Uh, Samantha, are you around? Uh, she, I was just talking to her before the show and she was coming through uh, loud and clear but she's not here uh, at the moment uh, so uh, please uh, let me know Mansa, how you're doing um, I'm, in fact I'll probably if you don't mind I'll just send a message to her to say she's on um, so give me a second with that See if we can get her on board. Right, that's uh, so. As as happened with these, we'll we'll move along as best we can. As I say, this is getting Mantha to explain the way of the Shabi uh, book. Uh, a lot of you have actually had got this and received it. If you're in the US, you're probably still waiting for it. Well worth it. Uh, very uh, easy to read. It's definitely Mantha when you start reading it. It's as if she's actually there with you. It's, uh, it's, it's as if she spoke and the book, the book kind of wrote itself. And uh, it's like a, uh, it's very much an amount of workbook. So I hope she'll turn up in a minute because she was very loud and clear uh, at the beginning uh, of the show. And uh, it will be delightful if we can get her on board. Um, uh, so I hope uh, everything's okay there. Let's get her going. Right, I there we go. Um, so we got B. Are you ready? Well, B's here. She can share her poems. Um, <laughs> we can. We'll give you a, a good. Thing. And I got to know B uh, through her magical and entertaining poetry contributions at Bards in the Woods that I used to facilitate on Sundays before Claire and I hosted the Karakori Sunday sessions. Now, B is writer of Sojourn in Smith blog, uh, wonderful regular contributions there. And she holds creative writing workshops in the village of Dowra at a nearby prison and uh, online sessions as well. B has a passion for the goddess and she myth and spirituality. And this is often expressed through her poetry and performances with her storytelling and singing husband, Tony Cookson, who I know some of you here in the audience are very fond of. So 
It's a great pleasure, and uh, let's let's bring on B B Smith. How are you doing there? I think I, I hear you loud and clear. Hello, John, and how are you? You're loud and clear. Tony sends his regards to you. Oh, and, that's lovely. Um, and I have some poems selected um, on the theme of water. It was hard to pick them because <clears throat> I have a lot of poems that are very rigid focused, both fire and water and earth. Um, so, and also because of the Holy Well, and it's kind of neat that I'm following Sarah and the Holy Well, because a number of the poems I've chosen today are about Holy Wells, and one in particular is about the, my local Holy Well. Um, that is only a short distance from my home. So without further ado, I will launch into the poems. I'm thanking my cat because earlier on he was sitting on my hard copies that I'm going to read from. And he moved himself, which was very considerate. The first poem is called The Language of Water. Sometimes it's easy as mother tongue, though after a drought, you can stumble with its declensions. You need to review its vocabulary. Best not to take it for granted, like the opposable thumb. Oftentimes it can stun. It can have all the mystery of the foreign. In some lonely places off the track, there are springs whose water slips like silk and softens your fingers. At others, if you pause to drink, you taste the iron or peat. Locals search for the one that is sweet, soft or hard, icy or warm, contained in cup or in stony wellhead, it can overrun, it can drown, it can cure or quench, it can be rampant as far as cataract in spate, it can be as fresh as your cheeky daughter or salty as her tears and as regularly irregular as ocean tides. So, uh, the next poem I call Bridewell, and it comes from English viewers will be aware that there are courts in England, uh, in particular London and Leeds, that are known as the Bridewell. And this goes directly back to when there were Bridget's Wells or St. Bridget's Wells. And how Bridget was actually associated, I mean, we know of her as being associated with poetry and with healing and with Smithcraft, but she is also uh, associated with justice and peace and reconciliation. So this one is called Brideswell. If you cannot forge something new from forgiveness, you stand there hovering on the rim of what if, and what is, and what is yet to be. The wise woman bride holds 
port at the well where the deep, dark, down below is the source, bubbling up, breaking the surface, rippling out, catching light and shining. Stare down deep. Drink that holy water. Be healed, not judged, she says. So the next poem isn't as short as a much longer poem, and it reflects a daily pilgrimage I've been taking, especially over lockdown. Uh, my husband and I have really stuck to the five kilometers and earlier on in the year to our two kilometers, but we're very fortunate that we live in an area where I'm very close to a local well in a townland known as Tubber. And the townland is actually called Tubbermora. And a number of years ago, um, my neighbor discovered that he was the um, ancestral and, uh, keeper of the well and, and he renovated it and there was a mass bed and it always had been in local use, but it is now used, it is, you know, there is a lot more local use of it. And so I'm going to basically take you on what is in effect um, my local daily walk, almost every day that it isn't icy out underfoot. And, um, and I go up there to pray and have meditation with the lady. And the poem is called 2,500 Steps, A Breath. 2,500 steps there and back home again. A daily pilgrimage up and down a hedge-fringed lane. Moths, lichen-limbed ash trees. Alder is up to its knees, soaking up the runoff from the lane-side shock. Step, 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 breathe. A baby oak is growing up through Eon's old rock. There is primrose and buttercup. Soon horsetail will spring its bog brush bristles up. Step, 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 breathe. There is birdsong, far off rumble of tractor engine. Anxious mares from mothers of frisky twin lambs, the lowing basso profundo from brown cows in the old pound. Step, 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 breathe. The lane smells of new life and silage liberated from black plastic veils. There is the whispered suggestion of precipitation, a mist on the cheek that never soaks the skin. Step, 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 breathe. The fields unfold their green and reach upland, undulating towards the sky. The playbank ranges to the right, lorded by cloud. The gray-edged half-mourning kind doing their best not to cry. Step, step, step. 
Breathe. Past the lost village, village's old pound, past the modern barn where cows soulfully munch their silage lunch, past the remnant of what once was a house. Step, 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 breathe. First, pause to let the fox cross the lane, coming from its devotions at the holy well's shrine. What litany of heartfelt murmurings has weighed down that gnarled hawthorn's limbs with ribbons, scapulars, rosary beads, and mittens. Breathe. Listen to the burns rush and bustle. The holy well's sacred water rises and falls in drought and flood. The alabaster plaster Mary stands open-armed for petitions from those who have no other recourse than she. Breathe. Oh, beautiful. Ah, gorgeous. Do you know that well, John? Have you ever been up to Tubber on your various pilgrimages up my neck of the woods? I know no, I haven't. We've, we've, talk, we've talked about it a few times, but it hasn't uh, happened uh, yeah. at all. So, you've, yeah. uh, you've I mean, it's probably, it. it would be about two miles at most. No, it can't be that much, can it? Uh, Maybe three kilometers from Dowra Village at the most, um, off, off the main road. So, and um, it's kind of a well-kept secret, um, but there's lots of folklore surrounding Tubber, but that will be for another time of storytelling. Uh, I thought I would finish with a poem that appeared in my Bridget's Way ebook. And it's one that I often use in workshops at this time of year. And it has more to do with the mythology around St. Bridget, but um, it is, I mean, I always think of Bridget's mantle as basically being the earth. And I think last year you had the most, uh, last week, you had the most beautiful um, bit of artwork in which the goddess is, her mantle is, is the greening, the greening of the land at this time of year. Um, and many years ago, I was chatting with Dolores Whelan and she told me that the word for plenty in Irish is galore and the word for enough in Irish is galore. And it inspired this poem, which is called Bridget's Mantle. Lay me down upon your cloak, swaddle me, sing to me your secrets of always enough. Lay me down upon your cloak, wrap me snug, tell me a story, a miracle of always enough. Lay me down upon your cloak, rock me gently now, lay me down in the source of always enough.
So those are a few of my Bridget-inspired or Holy Well-inspired poems that I've collected from the chest full of them that I have. That was absolutely beautiful, <laughs> Pete. Uh, 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 and well, you're very so welcome. Clear. Pardon? That's, uh, that's you're stunning. very welcome. Pardon? Right. Well, I, oh. I hope... You, I hope the people here today will have enjoyed them. I always yeah, enjoy. Let's see. Yeah, they, um, I'm. Let's see. The comments are here. We get uh, and then Charlene Ray, so wonderful uh, there. And uh, we got a hilo B. Uh, there's a couple of hearts coming around, uh, and then uh, Sharon, the, the applause there, definitely an applause. So thanks uh, very much uh, for that and. And Riley Wave Mason. To the uh, in Ohio. Yes, it's, <laughs> there's, there's a lot of uh, stuff going on uh, here. Yeah. Uh, it, uh, it came on very clear, which was uh, lovely. Ah, now let's see what's happening. Okay. Uh, behind the scenes, unfortunately, there's all kinds of tech issues. I've, I, I've had to go on to tech support and all kinds of stuff going on. Uh, but anyway, that. Um, that was absolutely beautiful, and I, I'm going to have to go over that again. But a great applause uh, for B there. Thank you uh, so much. Beautiful poems, beautiful expression, and so clear this time, because I know we had a struggle uh, last time. So thanks, and I hope you can join uh, in the panel a bit uh, later on. It'll be fabulous, B. Uh, thank you so much. I'm uh, uh, yeah, stay uh, with so you on screen, Yeah. So B Smith there, uh, thanks very much. Now, one of the things, uh, it's a bit embarrassing. Uh, I've been exchanging messages with uh, Amantha Murphy, and she's saying, oh, I'm here, I'm here. Um, and then there's something else. Oh, that's Eve uh, is coming. For some reason, Amantha's not coming on. Um, anyway, uh, we'll have to move on. She says she's waving at me, but unfortunately, I don't actually see her. I hope we can find a way of getting Amantha because she was beautifully clear earlier. So it's definitely uh, on with the show, and hopefully we'll have a, a session of Amantha uh, very soon, because uh, I think a lot of people have been looking forward to that. But we, we have some lovely people to share with you uh, coming up. And uh, let's have Rosaline. Rosaline. Um, and... Uh, I first met Rosalind Durkin during a bar in the woods at Glendlock earlier in, um, must have been 2012 or 13. And uh, you saw the picture earlier. And there was a sort of emerging with Rosalind guiding and presenting the Holy Wells of Glendalough. Uh And this included Rosalind leading us to an ancient well. And I'm trying to get the picture up for this. And she did uncovered it because this is one of the things that Rosalind does. She she finds wells and she uncovers them and she guides people to them and around uh, Wicklow. And uh, I think I got a, a picture of it. And this one that was uh, near the reef at church uh, by the upper lake. And there it is. Uh, come on up. There, there we go. Is that that is actually a well and it's very beautiful. A photo doesn't. Uh, really show it so much. But by trade, uh, Rosalind is a kinesiology and self-care consultant. But 
as I'm saying, she's a founder of Wicklow Wells, uh, that's discovered and restored at least 30 lost holy wells out of about 120 known wells around Wicklow County. Uh, Rosalind's also coordinated some bridges and bolt festivals based at Glenlock and Lara in County Wicklow. And that included uh, guided walks and talks uh, to the local wells. And she seems to have done that for several years now. Uh, but of course, for obvious reasons, she couldn't do that now. So I'd love to bring on uh, and introduce you to Rosalind right now. And hello there, Rosalind. How are you doing? Lovely to I see can, you again. Long time no see. Yeah, I can see you and I can hear you. So that's a very good, that's a very it good. It is wonderful. Yes. Yes. So hi to everybody from a very quiet and strange Lendalock. So when uh, when I'm going out now for um, for a walk, you just see just a few a few local people. So firstly, John, thank you for asking me to to come and talk, and also for everybody for joining in. So the the interesting thing is when you said ten minutes. I thought, okay, I have to really stick to what's really important and kind of shrink the time down. So I'll, I'll be conscious of the time. So my my connection with with Bridges Day is interesting because my birthday is on St Bridges Day, so I've always had a, a very strong connection with Bridges. And then the my connection with the Wells started in um, probably about 2012 when. Uh, we were running a midsummer festival in Glendalough, and somebody asked me to check what were the traditions uh, connected with midsummer. And one of them was to go to a local well and to clean the well and to give thanks for clean water. And that really struck me as giving thanks for clean water is equally as important now as it was then. So I so a group of us um, got interested in looking at, well, how many holy wells are there in Wicklow? Um, are any of them in danger of getting lost? Do they need to be tidied up and things like that? So a small group of us who are living locally set up Wicklow Wells and we have a Facebook page there. So we do it out of, um, we don't get funded. We do it because we think it's important. And it's also to do with documenting um connecting and talking to the older people in the community. And we work in connection with the landowners and Quilcha National Monuments and the Heritage Council. So one of the things that has worked very well for us is that we're very respectful if the, if the wells are on private land. So we can document it, but because of all the things with insurance and farmers and things like that, we, we're really focusing on the ones that are public access because it, it makes it easier for visiting. And then to do with the, the Bridges festivals, we ran a number of events in Glendalough back in, uh, I think, 2015, 16, 17. Um, and that was also connected with, uh, because I've spent uh, some time in, in Sweden, I was also connected with Celtic spirituality festivals in Sweden. And in an interesting way, I learned more about Celtic spirituality in Sweden because there's quite an interest in the, the, the Swedish and Norwegian churches in Celtic spirituality as a way of bringing um, revival back into the churches there. And I mean, the main thing with Celtic spirituality is that God is in nature. God is in um, 
everything from the animals to the birds to people to the sky. So that would be um, a core thing with Celtic spirituality. Now, to do with to do with um, what is a holy well. So a holy well is a sacred place of worship or pilgrimage. And when I was listening to B talking about um, you know walking to her local well. I'm also quite lucky here as as even within the two kilometer and the five kilometer, there are one or two wells I can go to. And that has become a ritual for me. And it's been really, really important as a grounding thing. And then a well is also a connection with supernatural world and a connection with the other world. And Ireland has the Ireland and Scotland have the largest number of holy wells in the world, but there is water and well worship. Um, in lots and lots of different countries around around the world, and then also what John was talking about the 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 women and the water. Traditionally, the wells were looked after by women, so there would have been a woman in a family or a woman in a locality. They would have cleaned the wells, they would have um, whitewashed the wells, they would have um, basically looked looked after the wells, and. There, everybody's familiar with um, the Bridges Wells in um, in Kildare. So, the the in there are Bridges Wells all over Ireland. In Wicklow, there's a number of Bridges Wells, but I just talk about um, I just talk about one, which is probably one of my favourite ones. It's called uh, Bride's Well, and it's the most easterly well in Ireland, and it's on Bride's Head. Uh, just past Wicklow Town, and what I actually loved when I was talking to the historians in Wicklow, uh, the three three beautiful things that really struck me to do with that well, um, and that well is on a walk. So when we can all get back out again, we can you can actually go and visit it. Um, it's on a cliff walk. So the first tradition was that the fishermen, when they went to sea, they would go to and get water from the well to bring it on their on their boats. And that was seen to protect them from pirates, from shipwreck, from any disasters at sea. The second tradition with that well was that if if a woman wanted to marry, if a maiden went to the well and she drank water from the well, she would have a dream of her husband to be and she would marry within a year and a day. And the third story, which I really liked, was that the the wells in Ireland way, way, way back were so honoured and respected that the ships lowered their sails when they passed by a holy well as a as a mark of respect to to the well. And then other reasons when we're talking about about water would be that there's a huge interest in in wells now, and people are going back to the wells. And this is, I see the wells as for everybody because there can be a little bit of a division with the pre-Christian and Christian because it's all got intermingled in together. So in my mind, I'm seeing the well can symbolize whatever you want it to symbolize. So it can be your your personal ritual. Um, and then people visit wells for... Um, it can be for problem solving, if you're sad about something, if you're worried about something. So a lot of people go if somebody they know has a health problem and they leave um, they leave an offering. And you can have things like with the whole coronavirus at the beginning of that, one of the local wells would have had the 
you know, the masks or the, the gloves and things like that as a symbol, as a symbol of the problem. So when when I'm looking at the way the world is now and it's rebalancing and hopefully in a good way, the problems are are more visible. So the, the problems in the world, the problems in our own lives, the problems in the environment, they're way more visible. Um so it's and so but we still have personal power about what's in our own space. So if if I'm having a day where I'm feeling, oh, I'm feeling a bit sad or I'm feeling like, oh, I can only walk so far. Well, I can, I'm still in charge of what do I do with my day? Do I turn on the news or do I go for a walk in the forest or do I? And I'm very lucky I have that environment within my my space that I can do that. But I find the connection for me with the trees and with the wells really, really, really helps me when I am having a day where I'm finding it's a little bit challenging. Um, and then the the three words I I got um, just as things that are simple things we can do in in the challenges that we're all dealing with now. The three words I got were sacred, ritual, and blessings. And the when we're looking at the word sacred, it's the meaning of it is considered worthy of spiritual respect or devotion. So if we're looking at it, each person is sacred, the landscape is sacred, the wells are sacred, the trees are sacred. So if we connect with something that is sacred inside ourselves, but also something that's sacred in the landscape and in water, this can really, really help. So if if um, if we also look at, uh, you know, what John was talking about, like water worship, water holds memory. So if you have a well or even anything, even if it's to do with water, if you haven't got a holy well, you can go to a lake or a river near you. The water is holding memory. So there's a, there's a vibration as a well each well will have a different vibration or a different story. So um, what happens is well, we're doing a lot of the, the work of cleaning up the wells or tidying up the wells, and we hear the stories associated with the well. There is a historical memory at the well. And then I also remember all of the people for centuries that would have actually gone to those wells with their problems and also then to celebrate. It was also a way of giving thanks so with the ritual is that Imbolc is, I see Imbolc as a sign of hope. So particularly with what we're going through at the moment, the cycles and the rituals are really, really important. So if we have um, the solstices and the equinoxes and Imbolc and May Day and Lunasa, they're becoming for me like marking points to go, okay, can just look forward to the next step and then the next step rather than having just a big long year going on out ahead. So when we're talking about rituals to do with water, um, there's lots and lots of ways you can, you can use the water from a well. I mean, I wouldn't recommend drinking it unless you're sure that it's clean because there can be... Um, different things in the in the well water but if it's somewhere that you know there's no farms nearby there's no cattle then it may be okay to drink it um and then some people have their house water from from a well so simple things like 
the ritual of going, deciding to go for a walk to a well, if you're if you have a problem or if you have a worry, just by making the decision, it's a bit like a pilgrimage. So you walk to the well, you can leave a symbol of the problem at the well. So it could be leave a stone or the person's name you're worried about, leave it on a piece of paper. You can bless yourself with the water at the well. And one of the things that when they talk, <clears throat> excuse me, when they talk about um, cures for eyesight at wells, that probably goes back a bit deeper to spiritual seeing, so to see things actually more clearly. So things like bringing home water from a well, if you have a well, there's lots and lots of water in it. The wells want the water to be used. They, so if you go back, they were being used all the time. So it's really good to use the water. So I use the water for, um, I make up like a room spray with different well waters and I just bless my house or I can spray plants with it. So you can mix it in with oils. You can put it in your bath. So it's just energetically you're connecting with the memory and the water. And then to do with blessings, um, I know John O'Donoghue has a whole book of blessings. Um, and when I looked up, what does what does a blessing actually mean? A blessing means um, good wishes. So it's basically good wishes for yourself or good wishes for something else. So it's wishing somebody good or wishing somebody that the positive things happen to them. So again, if we're looking at the traditions of Bridget, the crosses were a blessing, the water was a blessing. So things like blessing cattle, so they would put holy water or blessed water from a well um, on the cattle and they would put uh, holy water on the crops and they would also bless the people in the house with the, the water and the crosses. So the, the things like the, any kind of ritual with the water or with the crosses will actually change your energy because you're connecting with a very, very ancient ritual, but you're also connecting with the landscape. And that is the power that and the knowledge that still is in the landscape. So what I'm going to just finish off with is a Bridget blessing and then a very short section of a um, Seamus Heaney poem, Great Mentions Wells. So St. Bridget's Blessing. May Bridget bless the house wherein you dwell. Bless every fireside, every wall and door. Bless every heart that beats beneath its roof. Bless every hand that toils to bring it joy. Bless every foot that walks its portals through. May Bridget bless the house that shelters you. And the poem uh, Seamus Heaney is from, is a poem called The Cure at Troy, but I'm just going to read two verses of it. And he spent a lot of his life um, living in Wicklow near Ashford. So a lot of his inspiration would have come from uh, the local environment. History says, don't hope on this side of the grave.
But then once in a lifetime, the longed for tidal wave of justice can rise up and hope and history rhyme. So hope for a great sea change on the far side of revenge. Believe that a further shore is reachable from here. Believe in miracles and cures and healing wells. So that would be um, the general idea of what, we're, what I'm doing at the moment. Oh, that's absolutely beautiful, Rosalind. And uh, there's a lot of people in the audience who are actually loving this. Got Marjorie Dunn here, lovely poem. And there's uh, Shane Gadd there. Uh, beautiful wisdom, it certainly was. And Donna Johnson, I know she loved it. Wells want their water to be used. I'm going to talk about that in, in a moment. Uh, and there she is, lovely talk. Charlene's here with you. Uh, wealth and knowledge, special experience to be on a well walk with her. Uh, and then wonderfully, uh, Lenny uh, over in Holland there. Uh, fabulous uh, uh, appreciation there. And uh, of course, Charlene's uh, uh, just, she's sort of to jump in <laughs> joy there, obviously. <laughs> and uh, so, uh, yeah, that was fabulous. A couple of things uh, they got. You mentioned the beautiful breeds well there on the breeds head, uh, Wicklow. And I think I was with Claire at the time. And uh, we were on the challenge where everybody was saying, where is this well? Where is this well? Because we knew the stories that you beautifully shared. And I think you remember, it was a few years ago, I discovered it by falling in it. I don't yes. remember that. So I'm wondering if that water will have memory now. But uh, <laughs> that whole thing of water and memory, I'm, uh, I'm very full on. Uh, with that, I must admit, um, and, and I um, love that. Um, it's a hard one to. It's a very. It was a very hard one to find because it was totally overgrown on the cliff. Yes. Yeah. Well, obviously, I didn't find it too hard to find. <laughs> <laughs> you, you, you were blessed. Uh, uh, but I, I seem to have found a few wells by falling in them. Like <laughs> uh, but the other thing that was uh, lovely, you were saying, and it realizing now how we take our local wells here for granted you were saying oh don't drink from the wells and it's sad that people are not being able to drink from the wells because it wasn't long ago that uh, the wells around here they were our water supply we've got a group water yep. system now and so they are still like a water supply you can go up them and some people do they get their drinking water from them so, yeah uh, the work of Sarah that was on uh, the beginning has really helped to bring that about. So it's really nice to get the flow going. Uh, of course, you've got to be careful because we had one well I fell in and the archaeologist came along and said, oh, what are you doing that for? But once he'd gone away, we got the well, so it was flowing again. Anyway, that was absolutely fabulous. I hope you'll join us uh, for yeah. uh, the panel a bit later on. It was well appreciated. Lovely to see you again. Uh, absolutely fabulous. Thank you so much, Great. Rosaline. And uh, I know that all of you, and I haven't seen the other comments. Uh, let's have a look what you're saying because we, we've got a Mantha on there. Hooray! Uh, coming shortly. Let's see what. Um, and there's Sherry's on. She's a regular. And uh, good to see you back, uh, Sherry. And there's uh, Donna wondering if we were going to get uh, a Mantha there, but everything's looking great. And uh, 
a beautiful bee, and the one thing I didn't do with uh, bee, I've got a banner for her. If you want to actually see her poems, there you go, that's uh, bee's blog there. Um, the Sojourning Smith. Um, any other comments uh, that are worth going? Lovely poetry, thank you. And uh, lovely job, guys, there from uh, Tuesday Whitfield. Uh, anybody else? Um, lovely poetry. Uh, there we go. Uh, Deborah, uh, lovely. Thank you, B. Uh, all these lovely compliments on B as well. And Kimberly is a regular. Good morning to you from uh, Boston. And uh, and there's uh, Lenny. I feel I know that walk to the well. Best kept secret. <laughs> uh, the one that B was mentioning about. And there's Mantha Murphy, who was lost, but she was there, uh, was uh, clapping earlier on. So it's definitely uh, on with the show now, isn't it? Uh, absolutely fabulous because... Um, Yes, I see her in the backstage. Very clear. Sorry about that mix-up, Amantha. Now, Amantha's well-known to many of you. as uh, She's been quite a world traveler. And when I first met Amantha, she brought back memories from my childhood. Because uh, my childhood, there was a lot of time amongst healing circles, mediums and clairvoyants, because I was brought up in that world. And my father's family, the uncles and aunts, great uncles especially, and it was from her clairvoyance and mediumship that Mantha seems to have crafted her way. And when I first met Mantha, you know, it felt like she was someone from one of these healing circles. But Mantha has coordinated and facilitated Celtic shamanic training workshops around the world for women, uh, pilgrimages around Ireland, visits here at Karakori sometimes. And this is all part of her Academy of Irish Shamanism Apprenticeship for Women. Now, to quote Amantha, I love this quote, uh, nurturing the spirit, feeding the soul, and creating in love and in joy through the womb, chalice, container, sacredness, and resonance with the earth's longing. It is allowing ourselves to be all that we are meant to be in the wholeness of our multifaceted feminine being. Now, isn't that a wonderful description of the spirit of Imbolc uh, for one? And uh, it's all part of this, if I can get it up to the camera, of a lovely book, author. Uh, she's author of the very inspirational Drinking from the Source, an earlier publication. And now there's this inbox release of The Way of the Chavine from where I took that quote. And this book is truly an Amantha Murphy personality compendium and apprenticeship introduction. As I was saying earlier, you open that book and you read it. And if you know Amantha, it's as if she's with you and speaking the book to you. Absolutely amazing. So it's delighted to uh, at last have Amantha live to share some magic with you for a few minutes. So here we go. Hello, Amantha at last. Hi, John. Nice to see you at last too. Oh, fantastic. <laughs> uh, yeah, what can I say? I, I haven't had uh, read the uh, book as much, but there was bits, obviously, uh, being in bulk, I was reading that section a bit first, and uh, as I say, that was it. Felt as if we were out in the lab, uh, tree labyrinth, and you were just kind of teaching it there and then. Absolutely fascinating. And I know some people in this audience now have received their copy, and others are on their way. So I'll leave you to talk about your book and your inspirations of this in bulk time. Been looking forward to this. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Well, I have to say also thank you to Orla 
um, who was the scribe for the book. I talked for many, many years about writing a book and I kept being asked, was I going to write a book? And I kept saying yes. And then after a while, I realized I was never going to put pen to paper. It's not my forte. My dyslexia is in writing, um, reading, spelling. And so Orla, bless her, said that she would be my scribe, my word weaver. And so with the permission of the women in workshops, I recorded some of the workshops and I gave Orla the recordings. And she went through the very lengthy process of typing them up. And then the two of us got together and collated them. And we actually ended up with a book that was 125,000 words and the publisher cut it down to 70,000. So I grieved on that for a while, but then I had to just let go and say, it is what it is meant to be and that will be fine. So the book itself is based on part of my life and on my teachings. And the teachings have come to me and they've been gifted to me, shared with me, and they've also come through me. I, as far back as I could remember, I used to see spirit. And for me, spirit was the real world. And when I was back here in Kerry with my grandmother every summer, and sometimes also in the springtime, this was the place that held me. It still holds me, it's my soul home. And I would go out and I'd play in the fields and I would talk to the elementals and the tree beings and the stone people. And Granny would also share her stories with me and take me to places where we would commune together. And for her, the land was the mother. And she used to say to us, if you need anything, you ask the mother, you pray to the mother. And she used to have a picture of the Sacred Heart of Mary with the blue light underneath it. And I still have that blue light now. I have it with a picture by uh, Nicholas Rorick. I don't know if any of you have heard of him, an amazing artist from Russia in the beginning of the 1900s. And it's called The Mother of the World, beautiful painting. So that's when it started. It came to me that way. And it wasn't until I was 12 when I had an eye operation for double vision that I began to integrate into this life. Um, everything before that was hard. And even after that, it was difficult because being dyslexic in the 50s, nobody knew about it, but my subject was mathematics. So I was always top. And because of that, some teachers thought it was willfulness and I was beaten, literally beaten and beaten at home because of that. So the teachings themselves continued to come. And like John said, I started as a clairvoyant, moved on into different forms of healing. And then the land started calling me home. Uh, as a child, when I'd come back every year, I'd run into the field and open my arms and my legs. And I would lie there like a star waiting. And she would come, this old, old woman who would talk to me and hold me. And for me, she was my mother. She was this ancient woman. I used to just call her she. And when I was 16, she told me I had to leave. I couldn't stay. My focus at that point and up until that point was that I was going to move back and be with my grandmother, who was four foot two <laughs> and the local midwife um, and healer in the area. And so I left. And then in my 40s, I came back after a separation, laid in the field, and she came to me and said, it's time to come home. And so my journey then was one of moving back again into the land and beginning to share the teachings that had come through me and were still coming through me. And so the book really is a combination of my journey with that 
and the teachings that I work with and I share. And I very much see the teachings as a way of awakening the Shivan within other women. That what I have, what comes through me is a way of instigating or awakening what lies within you. Our ancestors lie within our DNA. They lie in the bones and they lie in our blood. And it's not just from their build and coloring that we are here, but we also carry their memories. And like Bee was talking earlier and Rosalind about water holding memory. You know, our body is made up of so much water. The land holds the water that holds our ancestors and held our ancestors. Our ancestors were buried down into the earth. All of that broke up into the earth, went down into the streams, into the rivers, the grass that grew, the fruit that grew and the vegetables that were eaten by the people, eaten by the cattle. We actually ingested our ancestors. They walk with us, they walk beside us. And in the teachings, the main aspect of it is recognizing our ancestors and being able to journey to them so that we can connect, we can see what patterns we carry in honor of them. And there are patterns, what we see as roots. Our ancestors are our roots. And that's what a lot of people come back to Ireland to look for, to look for their roots. So we go into those roots, we call upon our ancestors and we ask them to share what it is that we carry in honor of them and what roots no longer support us. What roots are actually now taking from us, drawing from us. And so how may we work with that? How may we honor that so that we can release it so it doesn't continue on through the generations? It doesn't move on to our children, our nephews, our nieces, and to continue to flow, that we can actually clear it. And I see that also as part of our soul journey, that as souls, we've chosen to do that too. We've chosen to work through these patterns so that we can grow on. And the book also moves into women's ways, women's mysteries, rituals, and rites of passage, bringing us again into the recognition of moving things that are special into something that is sacred. Recognizing these pivotal points in our life and how we may draw from that, how we may grow from that, and how we may gather our teachings because we're not children anymore and we cannot we cannot be called children of God. We are adults now. And as adults, we have to take responsibility. We have to take responsibility for who we are, for what we do, for what we are allowing others to do in our name. For us and for our planet and for everything that lives upon the planet. And so in recognizing that, we also recognize that every experience we go through, every experience we actually should be growing through. And what is the teachings of that experience? What can we look into that and see what we learned from it? And in learning, in recognizing it, it also allows us not to attract that into our lives again. We don't continue have to go through the same patterns again and again. If we can learn from it, if we can recognize the teaching that we have gained through going through that. You know, Rosalind earlier was talking about three points and I thought that was very beautiful and powerful. And one of the things that's been with me, especially around in bulk, is the word gratitude. Last year has been very, very difficult for most of us and I haven't seen my children. I've seen one of my grandsons 
he lives now in Kalani, but only rarely. And yet I have great gratitude. I haven't been able to travel. I haven't been able to offer the pilgrimages. And yet I have gratitude for being here in this space, in this place, being able to look out of my window at the mountains, being able to look out at the sheep and the cattle on the hillside and have gratitude for life, have gratitude to actually being brought back to recognizing the seasons, the changes of each day. Sometimes we get so busy, we don't even remember what season we're in. And through the last year, it's been very strongly with me that actually I am here to experience and to drink from all that she gives us. Yeah. So, John. Absolutely, absolutely gorgeous. Uh, that, uh, <laughs> well, I'm left speechless. <laughs> I think we could have an hour of that, but of course, <laughs> the show must go on. As beautiful that uh, you're around, and I certainly people, uh, that's if get hold of Amanda, there you go. The Celtic Soul Journeys .com is a good starting point. She's on Facebook as well, you'll find her. And uh, Siobhan there enjoying the book very much, reading it slowly and deliberately, of course. That's the way to go. And uh, Charlene enjoying it. Thank you. And Donna Johnson, I believe one of your travelers. Good to see you. Uh, Hi, she Donna. Came here, she came here uh, with you. And uh, Lenny as well. Uh, absolutely fabulous. Uh, good morning, uh, Willow from Ontario, Canada. Uh, Mary Dwyer, she visits here sometimes. I know she's a fan uh, and applauding. Uh, fantastic. Uh, well done. It's, it's, that you. was just so wonderful uh, to have you. And uh, we're going to have great fun if you can hang around for the panel. Again, sorry for messing you around, but there was a, no a low run thing there. But, just one, um, one, one thing I'd like to say also, John, is that, you know, one of the things for me that I have really felt and... Um, been privileged, been honored to experience in my life is that through the work and through the pilgrimages, I meet women who are sisters. And we haven't sometimes yet recognized that, but by the time we finish together, we are walking as sisters. And for me, that is also a very powerful part of the teachings, because as women, we are meant to share together. We're meant to hold each other. We're meant to be there for each other and with each other. You know, to know that you can be held and to know that you can hold is a very powerful part too. So thank you for that. And thank you, John. And I will, of course, stay on. Yeah. Oh, that's lovely. Uh, absolutely beautiful. Uh, and wonderful to see you looking absolutely fabulous. And, <laughs> and <laughs> just enchanted by the whole thing. So we'll see you soon. Thank you okay. very much for that. Oh, wonderful. The wonderful Amantha uh, Murphy there. And uh, I'm still trying to get hold of, we were supposed to have uh, Gina Gary as well, and uh, we seem to have lost contact there. And it's a shame. Uh, she was on Sensing Herbs, uh, our sessions a while back. She was fabulous. Founder and herbless instructor of uh, the Bridget Academy of Healing Arts. And I love the way she uses the word academy, uh, meaning its original meaning of a grove of trees. Uh, where Plato taught. And it's worth considering that Bridget's first Kildara monastery is told of being a circle of oaks. 
and stories tell of druid teaching being taught in groves of trees. And even here with the Sunday sessions when we were had people are here. And also we broadcasted, if the weather's okay, we're out there broadcasting from the Grove of Willows when uh, the weather's not too cold. If I went out with the gear now, it freezes up as it happened to us on one Sunday session. So unfortunately she's not here. There was some kind of message come through. So we'll see what uh, what can be said there. Uh, but the water and the speakers today is the wonderful talking about the the water of the spirit, the divin divinity, the memory, and that, that thing of ourselves that uh, when we actually pass on, you know, our bodies might go into the earth, but the water, it rejoins all that other water again. And I think this is seems to be flowing out uh, from the women and what they're sharing with us today. Anyway, uh, for the next up uh, is a, another little uh, treat. Uh, and uh, Evelyn, I think you're actually there anyway. I think I saw her pop in. But uh, uh, before we go away, let's see what else you might be saying uh, on to the next thing. Gratitude, there's Donna with a lovely reminder. Thank you, Amantha. Uh, we've, we've had your bones coming. Okay, now what I've got, we've got a bit of a treat uh, for you now. Well, they're all treats, uh, all fabulous, but I have to get this one lined up. Uh, Evelyn Burton. Uh, I showed some pictures earlier. And hello, Evelyn. If you're actually around, I saw your name somewhere. Now, she's an angelic singer of amazing voice range and tones, opera trade, as you will shortly hear, and she loves to sing jazz too. Uh, Evelyn's strongly connected with the uh, Bridget of Fort Festival, uh, which is on each 1st of February onwards. They had it online this year. And Evelyn couldn't be with us today because she was performing at another online event, but I saw her pop in at some point. Anyway, what we have is a video from Evelyn uh, to share with you where she shares a short uh, Bridget ceremony and song. Uh, so without further ado is uh, Evelyn Borton, and I'm sure you will enjoy this.
Well, there was Evelyn Borden. What a treat for us, eh? I hope you enjoyed that. I think there was one or two of you. Certainly, yes, what a voice. And uh, Siobhan, like the harp there, uh, stunning. Well, I hope we'll hear more. And hopefully she might. we might get her on board uh, in the panel a bit later. She may well be on the way. But next uh, is Jackie Queeley. Now, I first met uh, Jackie uh, I think it was 2012. She was just winding up her Scottish tours and workshop business there in Scotland uh, that she called Celtic Trails. And Jackie wanted to spend more time with her father in Galway, I think. And she became very passionate about the traditions and spirituality of Clare's Burren. And within the Clare Burren tours and workshops that uh, she built up, uh, sharing the places, the hidden places that she knew she discovered, the stories that she picked up. She started including a practice of dowsing, sound toning, and of course this included much time with the groups around sacred wells around the Burren. Uh, she's posted lots of activity around the wells there, uh, fabulous pictures. Now during recent years, Jackie's been focused more on her biofield tuning practice using tuning forks as tools. Uh, Jackie is an author of several books uh, that share her experiences and skills from Scotland through Ireland and what she has done. They're all very beautifully done, and some include her poetry. And delightfully, Jackie's here with us for a few minutes, and she's going to share some of her poetry and some of her interpretations for this in bulk time. So it's a great pleasure after a long time uh, to bring on uh, Jackie that's uh, beautiful. Hello there, Jackie. Oh, Jackie hello, Wheelie. And hello, everyone. I'm really enjoying this. Thank you for inviting me. Beautiful presentations. <laughs> um, so I'm talking a little bit about water. Um, and the last tune really brought me to my first poem, which is set in the Burren. Uh, I live on the edge of the Burren. And this is to do with um, beautiful waterfalls called the Seven Springs. So hopefully some of you have been there. And they're really quite um, quite hidden, really. And they cascade down off a plateau into the, um, the, the base of some limestone cliffs in amongst the hazel thicket. And uh, I've got a great affinity with hazel, it's supposed to be one of the meanings of my surname, Quigley, and my my um, ancestors are from the sea, seaward side of the burren. So I'm going to talk, about, so this poem is called The Source. And um, by the way, also, um, it was Amantha talking about the ancestors and the waters holding the memory of the ancestors too. And there is a very large um, myth uh, that takes place in this area where the last of the last member of the Tua de Dunan, who was a magic blacksmith, he lived there and he was called Lon the Smith. And he lived in a deep cave that no one can find in this dimension. And the waterfalls are part of this legend. They come from the, um, the, the, the white cow, the glacier, who has a never ending stream of milk. And this milk turned into the seven streams. So that's just to give you a little bit of background. And I would go to these sites and then compose the poem there on the spot or immediately afterwards from a photograph. So, the source. 
Everlasting glacial, ever lactating, innocently babbling her milky way, testament to her ceaseless flowings, creamy offerings of goodness and light and magic, a momentary joy with deeper meaning lost in a sweet glistening nocturne filled with lunar chords. Below the spring line, hazel maze inertia jolts awake as the lucky seven escape the limestone tumbrel. Babblings of glacier, shifting swiftly through the teleplane, quelling the confusion of winter scrub, liquid manna for a bottomless chalice. Ecstasy pouring down and down and down, gracing the undergrowth with luscious mosses, a glass tumbler of posterity for the barren. Okay, thank you for listening. So um, the Milky Way that I referred to is my interpretation of the, at a celestial level of that legend. So um, that's in my book, The Spirit of the Baron, if you want to read about it. So the next poem I want to do on water is from very near me. Um, there's a place where the waters from the Slivoktis that are sandstone hills come down into the Burren lowlands and emerge and flow out towards Kinbara. And this area is where Lord Gregory, who founded Cool Park, is buried. And there's a pyramid there above this emerging of three rivers. He chose to be buried there. And um, I think this is really interesting. I believe this would have been his land at that time. So this, this poem is... Both these poems are set to films, so um, that's why they, without the pictures, it's maybe a little bit um, obscure, but, that, but I hope you pictured something in your mind. <clears throat> so now this is the rushing of the bridal waters. Indigo memories, blue like a Japanese dye, like my own wedding kimono, concealing your current below the watchful sedges, like a secret blusher, like a bride. An issuing forth of willful transparency, trees cast ink stains on your rippling, flowing silk. Silk laid out for the wedding day, flimsily supporting pillows of fine red grain sands. Uphold your gown, touched by ephemeral sun kisses. Lacustrine, laconic, Lagoon-like, sentinel, a silent flowing sentinel for Lord Gregory's grave, hallowed hollow with burnished reds, inky trees linking, anchoring in your myriad mirrors, a blessed trinity of waters smitten by his rubicon tones, crossing the river, a purity tinged with sorrow. As shards of indelible ink, the nuptial ceremonials, the flushing of the original dyes, the indeterminacy of cuprous overtones reflect well within your copious weeping. The source of wild murmurings emerging to a beat of a wild, hidden heart deep below the land. Dark overtones mingle with the vaginal red as all become the wheel the wheel of fortune, 
turning in now to the enclosing banks with their watchful prayers and whisperings. This is part three, is Solar Sword. Solar Sword, down where the rivers merge and surge, their bruised waters oozing from some unforeseen gash in Gaia's limbs, carved by a sword, illumined, shimmering, quivering, quaking sword in source scabbard, dweller of the lower heavens, prenuptial sperm awaits hovering, a sword of honour for the bride, emissary of source above. Um, so those are the two poems from really like one from the heart of the Burren, where the Dadanan still live and where the ancestral memory is very strong in the waterfalls and springs there. And the other one is from the edge of the Burren, where there's more of a human element and uh, it's, uh, it's very, very potent still there. And I'm very interested in this um, masculine and feminine merging. And uh, I, I, I think when they do merge, there's harmony. So um, on the theme of wells, this, of course, many of you would know St. Bridget's Well in Liscala. And that's a well that my grandmother, who was a storyteller, um, would often visit when she was uh, able to, not so busy with her family. And you may have noticed that beside St. Bridget's Well, there's an obelisk, a very tall obelisk, in honour of the uh, Brian, who was a, a, a landlord. And someone pointed out to me once that in Ireland before, there were many, many standing stones beside the sacred wells. And that, and I, I, I can't vouch for this, but someone who was a fluent speaker of Irish and intensely interested in their culture told me that they there was an edict from the Church of Rome to remove these standing stones from the wells to disempower them. So I do know of some other holy wells in the Burren which have got standing stones beside them, which have I can see the break in them and they've been put back sometimes. So I think this is an interesting aspect because for me, the well is the womb, the water, the feminine, and then there has the masculine pole. And I think often about the fact that St. Bridget's Well in Miscana is so immensely popular in, in the folk heart of the nation. And it's probably the most famous well of all. And I think the fact that the obelisk is there beside it, erected in a, by a, a ma for a man who was very much in awe of the landscape and uh, in very much ahead of his time in the 19th century, saying that um, the area, the cliffs of Maha, etc., should be... Um, a national treasure and a tourist destination. It didn't happen so much then, but it does now. Um, so alchemically, now we're at that time of year when water binds with the fire. We've had the the previous uh, time before Rimbolt leading up to, through the fire to the birthing waters. And I feel very much so that um, the water kind of brings a stillness to that waits for the seed, which you, you saw in maybe in my first poem, talking about the wedding ceremony between the water and the land. And um, I think too that uh, it's a good time at Imbolc to for a resolution for action because you have the merging of the two, and you have an opportunity now uh, to make a wish to really create 
to um, for your wish to come true and you to make it part of your ritual when you go to the well, perhaps. Um, and finally, um, I'd like to just very briefly talk about um, an interesting thought I, I had that, of course, birthing is all to do with in bulk and young animals too. And I don't know if we're going to be touching on animals at all, but I did do a very nice um, meditation on St. Bridget's one year by seeking out a tree called St. Bridget's tree, really because of knees, the indentations in the rock. And I found it um, really high up in the borough. And it's a place called St. Bridget's knees. It's not marked. And nearby there was a little farm and on that farm, they were actually making goat's milk soap. And they had young goat kids mm-hmm. there I visited. And I thought, how cute and how, how ad, you know, sort of uh, right it was to see these young animals with Saint, uh, by St. Bridget's uh, in knees. So um, that's it, because I want to keep within the time limit. And thank you very much for having me. Yes, oh, that was lo- uh, that was fabulous, Jackie. I, I just love your talk afterwards that rounded up the poems and brought it home and the description of the well and the interesting, uh, the the imagery of the female of the well with the obelisks next to it. I'm glad you brought that up uh, mm-hmm. uh, and bringing the balance on that. Uh, that was a, definitely a new dimension. Lovely to see you and uh, absolutely fabulous to see. I think one or two people have... As uh, they're complimenting here, uh, Charlene Ray enjoying that, um, and uh, Lenny, uh, there we go. I love the Baron. There's a long response there. Magic poetry, great images, definitely love the idea of the feminine masculine creating mm-hmm. harmony, the whole yin and yang. Uh, beautiful of that. And then we've got uh, uh, Shane has uh, enjoyed that. Uh, so it's absolutely fabulous, uh, lovely little extra today so very grateful for that and hope you'll stay on for a bit bit of panel time beautiful to see you uh absolutely great thank you now uh uh, as we move on uh several of you have complimented and love claire roach is singing the song of uh, bridget last sunday so it doesn't take much to prompt me to invite claire back to sing some more for you Claire Roach, soul buddy, partner in many things, and puts up with a lot from me. Uh, so without further ado, let's uh, let's bring Claire on. There she is. She's looking great. <laughs> Hi, Claire. Have I got my affair? Yeah. <laughs> Hello. Hello, John. Well, listen, yes. I, I, a bit, so that I wouldn't run down the battery in, my, um, in this uh, phone, I used the iPad and um, I had lots of comments about Sarah and B and Rosaline and Amanda and Evelyn and Jackie, but I don't think they went public. So I'm very embarrassed because it might have looked as if I wasn't interested and I was absolutely fascinated. Um, and I'm learning so much. Um, oh gosh, it's it's amazing. Um, but I'm I, what I'll do is I write in the, the the comments later because I did take them down and um, I don't know where they went on the iPad and then when the beautiful harpist and Evelyn came on I couldn't find the comment at all so look I better not delay you Sir John um, and I, I really was so interested about um, 
the soul place and the the idea that water is and landscape um, can be so elemental to us um, and the cell memory. It, it's just it's setting my mind abuzz. Um, and maybe I should just say a very short thing about water. Um, my real center of, 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 of quiet and beauty is just about, oh, just about half a field away over there. And it, we call it the pond, but really it's a stream. And I was clearing brambles off it because the brambles were kind of strangling the trees. But there is one spot that I've all, that in 1974, on the 6th of February, which was yesterday, um, I wrote a song about catching the moon on the water, which to me is the most exquisite poised moment when you see the reflection. Um, so it was just lovely to hear that that it wasn't just myself, um, that people so gifted and knowledgeable um, have discovered this long before I did, that the landscape and water is 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 really sacred and blessed. Um, so without further ado, um, I I would love to share this beautiful poem about the Lake Isle of Inish Free. And um I love it so much. Um, I've I believe that Yeats WB Yeats wrote this while he was in London. And uh, I do hope that you like my setting. Um, so I will carry on. Sweet. 
Absolutely gorgeous. Uh, considering the challenges of the reception uh, that we have, but that was real live and uh, so fabulous. And there we go. There's the uh, website, very simple, clearroach.com. And it's great to have uh, any excuse to have you on board on these Sunday sessions. Uh, so that was beautiful. Yeah. And thank you to everybody. It was just mystifying and inspiring. I'm just so delighted with these Sunday sessions. And thank you, everybody. Thank you, John. Oh, yeah. And uh, thank you, yes. Uh, and everybody, please uh, uh, don't go away. Um, <laughs> and Claire, do hang on for the panel as well. Um, that'd be great. So I trust you've enjoyed our guests so far this afternoon. But we're not finished. Uh, don't go away because it's now asked, uh, over to you. And uh, I've got, uh, where am I? Uh, I'm so sorry to carry this, as I say, it's uh, over to you. Uh, ask some questions about in bulk, uh, wells, water folklore, and anything that we've talked about this afternoon. There's some bridged stones there, uh, certainly, because we're gonna bring everyone on board uh, introduce the whole panel. I've not done this before with the Sunday sessions. We're going to try and do a Zoom type thing, which is very unusual on a StreamYard type uh, platform. But uh, let's um, let's see what you got to say first. So I'll let, we'll bring everybody on board. Let's see how we do this now. And uh, we, yes, right, we got Mansa there. I got to see how to do this. Uh, we got Jackie there. We got uh, B there. Oh, guy, it sort of works itself out, doesn't it? Sarah is there. Uh, who have we not? We got Rosalind. There we go. We got uh, Claire there. And this, I got to work out, see what these buttons do. Oh, that's you all over the place. Um, all right. Absolutely brilliant. So this is going to be some learning uh, for me. And we'll check on some uh, current comments uh, that's here. Uh, there's um, beautiful heart playing and singing from Shane uh, Gad and uh, Donna Johnson loved uh, uh, here Claire and there's Susie uh, Suzu uh, there and uh, Charlene of course uh, thank you and thank you Lenny for the compliment <laughs> uh, light outside yes we got about another hour and a half of light here because I think Lenny's uh, over there. Uh, in the Netherlands, so it's, a, it's probably getting dark there now. So thank you all. So this is your 
question time. Fire any questions, as I say, uh, about uh, uh, wells, uh, water, and uh, the whole, um, as I say, this is the time when the, for me, I see the water coming down through the swallow holes. The whole stories are here is about the waters breaking, uh, the turlows coming up, and uh, just like any kind of birth, the whole seeding and beyond that, uh, everything starts uh, growing. So fire away uh, your questions uh, with this. Uh, uh, don't be scared. There's plenty of you there still. Uh, we can, as I say, this is supposed to start to four o'clock, but keep this going as long as you're interested and as long as you're vibrant. Uh, I'm not going anywhere. And as Lenny said, we've got at least a day or a half of daylight anyway. <laughs> so we're quite uh, spoiled. And of course, the people in the U.S., well, we haven't got a U.S. guest today, but they're just finishing their breakfast, some of them. Uh, so uh, that's wonderful. So I haven't got any... Um, there isn't anyone come up with questions. So I'd like to uh, kind of further on uh, this whole idea that I find I love is this water of memory because one of the things I always challenge people with is this whole, and we bring it up in some sessions a lot, is changing the way of thinking from the linear. People refer to a lot of uh, the scribing and the books. You you sort of got linear stuff. You're talking about the beginning and end uh, and a birth and a death. And the whole vision of everything changes when you actually think in terms of circles and spirals. And we was mentioned a couple of weeks ago in Sunday sessions, just throw a stone in the water or skim stones, and you get all these circles that come and they go out and out and out. And this is what I see is the whole thing about water, and uh, that it's lifeless. We think in times uh, in terms of time uh, that there's a beginning and an end of time, and that, if we think about it, that's just a, um, a collaboration, um, a calibration invented by us humans for conveniences. We can build things because we learned how to deal with time, how to deal with distances. But be, they don't, uh, to me, they don't exist. And that's what I feel with water, that once our temple body is done, our water rejoins it all. So I'd love to hear from some of you, uh, your feelings of that eternity uh, of water. And uh, right, who's going to go first on that one? Let's... Uh, Let's quickly get uh, Sarah on there because she'd kind of have an experience on this and now got to work out how to use the... Uh, I'll let you speak first. What do you think on that one, uh, the life in the water, uh, carrying life? A few words from you on that one, Sarah. Are you there? Hello. <laughs> no, she's gone quiet. B. <laughs> Your thoughts on that one, B. Huh. Can I go later? Because I'm still oh, right. Of, um, I'm <laughs> right. a bit. Right. I'm, I'm let's rehydrating. Get, right. Let's get a, a mantha to warm us up on that one. <laughs> well, for me, you know, John, we, we grow in water. We grow in our mother's womb in water. Uh, we, we don't breathe for ourselves. We don't take in the air until after we're born. And um, and so water is is natural to us, and the the whole understanding 
the like you said the water when we die you know it goes back it goes back to source but it goes back carrying all of our experiences within it and so all the experiences that ever was and that ever is is ingrained in every drop of water it is an amazing concept to understand yeah definitely wonderful uh it's a big subject as i say it's, it's one i really love coming back to over and over again on the um uh, on the sunday sessions now i'm going to change the subject a bit because evelyn who you saw the video of earlier uh she's here and uh, there's evelyn uh hello evelyn and uh let's get you let's have a few words from you uh, Hi, like I'm absolutely delighted to be to be part of this. I'm up in Fahard, as we speak, up at uh, the shrine, and I love it up here because I'm all about the. I'm saying we need an evolution of a revolution. So if we've got clean water, trees, and bees, everything will be fine on the planet. And um, up here at Fahard, there's this wonderful octagon, which is an amazing acoustic space. And actually, to, to talk about water, and I was so delighted to see Sarah was on board there. So I met. I've moved home here, um, having been away for 30 years. And um, then I met the wonderful Sarah Adloff crew. We have all of these, and I love it. It's, it's all circles and spirals and um, resonance and acoustic and um, water holding memory. And I mean, my gift is, um, is, is music, is, is, is song. Um, but, but we know that water actually, sound travels better in water than it does in the air. And with synaptics. We can show that, you know, when we send something of love, um, the, the forms in the water change. And, and we are, I, I love what we were just saying before, you know, we, we do, we, we grow in water. Um, emotion, um, the moon, um, everything is, is within the water. I mean, we can live without food for three weeks, but we can't live without water. <laughs> and, um, you know, our tears... Uh, embryonic fluid, tears, the sea, the, the water, all, all of those things are all within that. And and I think it, it's something so, just so important. Um, now I, I know with, with vibration and sound, hence like our whales, you know, the dolphins and whales and how, how they can listen to each, each other from just across hundreds and hundreds of miles because the frequency travels through that water. Hi, uh, I would. Uh, it's so lovely to have you uh, on board, Evelyn. After seeing the video, to actually see you in person is a real delight. Uh, uh, the video went down very well, and it was very timely for his time. Now, I'd like to collect Claire on this one, and uh, because Claire, she's been beside water for several weeks, trying to give access to the wildlife to the water. So, what's your feeling on the water at the moment? Are you there, Claire? Good. Yes, I am, John. Can you hear me? Oh, yeah, definitely. Can you hear me, John? Oh, yes, yes, yes. yes. Well, first, yes, your audio is good, I'm it's just the video's not moving. Yes, Hello? I was explaining um, that I could write a comment because I changed my to the iPad, but um, I so I put in my comments later and Evelyn and her beautiful harp is that thing um, and just briefly about the water only yesterday I heard that it, um, 
when when Evelyn was saying about the hundred miles and now asking um, to go more quietly because it does actually no noise pollution for fish of all thing wouldn't have thought of uh, it does affect them and um, yeah so there was an article about that yesterday that they're going to ask motorboats you know to just try and, and lessen the sound uh, mm -hmm. in, in some right. way and some will go electric they're hoping so that's I won't say anymore now let you all chat <laughs> oh yeah it's great uh if you'd like to come back on with the uh with the iphone you might find the speed is a bit faster than uh on the ipad just a suggestion there but thanks for that anyway thanks for clear lovely uh rosalind life life yeah, in water your very take on it. here um yeah just a, just a thought um that the more we connect with water and the more we connect with the landscape we're also connecting with ancestral memory so it's like a dna memory so what i found with working with some of the wells there can actually be a lot of sadness in the landscape because uh, if you go back particularly in wicklow with the 1798 rebellion you were arrested if you went to a well or there could have been tragedies where they didn't after 1798 a lot of the traditions actually stopped so my feeling is the more we connect with our bodies and the more we connect with the ground and we stay grounded we're doing two things we're we're healing our own ancestral memory but we're also healing the landscape and the landscape is healing us so it's like a a two-way communication yes yeah, definitely. Now, let's find her. Jackie, Jackie, you're, uh, I'd love to hear what you're going to say. Uh, oh, uh, yeah. There um, we go. Jackie, your um, thoughts on that? You're, in response to you saying that it, you thought you felt there was a link between, you know, uh, water and eternity, my way of seeing it is that water is what I call non-polarised. Uh, it's a non-polarized state of matter. So there isn't time in it. It's timeless. But when mm. you come on the land, it's, it can be polarized. So like, you can have something created on the land, something manifest. But for me, water holds all the potential. Yeah? All, all, it's like a cauldron or a well. It, it, everything is there. Before it is made, it's a thing of potential. So that's how I see water is it's like without water we couldn't create in, in the same way that we couldn't live you know um, but we need the water in order to create so it's like a precursor to creation for me um, that's kind of from an energetic point of view more um, and I'm sure that if you looked at the body of Gaia and compared it to the body that we inhabit on the physical plane that you would see a lot of correlation it's worth kind of doing that contemplation sometimes i think how oh, fabulous uh some comments are coming in lenny she's got something to say here never thought about wells and water like this no questions but would listen very much more about water well this is going to be a month of water lenny and uh, <laughs> certainly uh the water subject uh, after in bulk, February, and then it'll be 
transitioning over to trees in March, and then it'll be the soil in April. So we've got a bit more uh, water coming up over the coming weeks. So, uh, but this is very much as a session, the birthing women in the connection of water, and it's been beautiful so far. Shame it's just the two hours. Maybe next year I'll make a festival of it. Uh, it'd be fantastic. It does need more gear and a production team to do it. Because as I found single-handed, I've got to send messages after people, where are you? <laughs> and you know, and then on to, I was even on to support. This uh, stream yard has wonderful live support that gets you through problems. So that was fantastic. So uh, follow some of the women looking in, Rosalina, Sarah, B, Jackie, fabulous, great support. I'm glad you said that. And then Bea, she's coming on. Beautiful women. Nice to see a whole bunch of enchanters <laughs> on the same panel. <laughs> Uh, uh, me the wizard, good God, whatever this. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Susie, yes, we have uh, pails and embryos, don't we? Have memory of that? That's a that's a, a question and a half. That might be that's a good one for next week. Hold on for next week because uh, we're going into the dragon serpents uh, tradition next week. You know, water uh, snakes, and a lot of people think that's oriental, but that's going to actually include lesser known stories of perhaps is around Ireland. In fact, within three kilometers of where I live here, great stories related to that. Amantha, yes, we start in water like little tadpoles. Well, they'll be about very shortly, won't they? <laughs> and uh, that, uh, that's fabulous. There's a few others. Uh, Charlene had something to say, I'm sure. Uh, Charlene can offer as we go through these challenging times, uh, and I would love to hear what wisdom the wells. Uh, I, thank you for all that. Now, hold on. We're going to do more panel. But uh, I hope you know, people are still hanging on, which is fantastic. But I, I'm going to just go through a little bit of what's coming up. And we'll come back to you all uh, in a moment. Just to tell you that next week, 14th of February, is Water Dragons, Serpents and Snakes. And that's actually in, in Hazelwood. And that sort of wooden serpent was way out in the lock there in Lock Hill. And gradually, as we visited, it came in and in. And there it is. It's rested by the roots there. So I thought that was a lovely symbolism for next week. As I say, that's going to go into very much water and uh, how the serpent imagery is related to water. I think you'll find that's fascinating. And then we've got dowsing on uh, 21st of February. There'll be a few tears there. Uh, of course, you know who that is, don't you, everyone? And he's still about all right. He's still driving around. Uh, Seamus uh, there with a pendulum, uh, with a, a bit of a phallic ancient uh, stone that's near by his farm. Anyway, that's, so that's the 21st of February, thousand. And 28th, uh, we actually have, uh, this is a transition one, Owen, the tree language story. Going into the whole, uh, what I uh, share in the game, what I learned, as you know, when we've done OM in Sunday sessions, such a huge subject. I've had to split it up into five sessions. So this is really going into the tree language and how people found a way of communicating by their connection to trees and how they could communicate with each other rather than just have the grunts and groans that are exclusive to the family. It's not only trees, there's a lot of water inspiration in that. So that's the 28th of February. So that's uh, what's coming up. Uh, let's get back to the panel now uh, for a bit longer. I hope you don't mind uh, all hanging on a little bit longer. Um, 
So some people looking forward to next edition. I saw something from Patricia, Patricia Rice over in uh, Vancouver. Uh, yes, we are uh, from and uh, well put. Now, B, have you thought more on the life in water yourself? Let's see what you've had the thought of on that one. Yeah, I did a bit. I mean, um, I'm fascinated by the subject of memory, and I was sort of going off on one and sort of I hadn't completely gathered. I was sort of unraveling the wool in my head as you were talking. But the one thing that um, I don't feel anyone has really touched on in terms of the symbolism of water is it's being the purifier. And, and both Bridget's symbols of fire and water are about purification. And yes, you know, and I was kind of going off and thinking, how that fits in with our thinking about memory. I mean, we talk about cellular memory, and of course our bodies are very full of water. And, and in my own head, I kind of think of cellular memory as being long lost ancestral memory. And that was sort of taking me down another rabbit hole in which I think it was Jackie or it might have been a Mansa who used the term soul place. And, you know, and it was all kind of, it was this ball of yarn that was kind of unscaining in my brain about, you know, what is the connection with memory purification, forgetfulness and remembering and swimming in the ocean of love. We often think of the mother as being the ocean of love. Um, we we dive into the ocean, we plumb the depths of the well. The well is often bottomless, which takes us into the eternity that came up in Jackie's poem. So, you know, I, I've, I'm just sort of mulling away uh, about all of the various strands of today when you kind of caught me slightly off guard. And I still haven't pulled them all together, but on the other hand, I'm not the best at four o'clock in the afternoon. It's nearly nap time for me. <laughs> well, that that was a that was a lovely sum up uh, there, B. And I think that's a good uh, place to sort of uh, close that. Uh, and and thank because we've got uh, our live people that's kind of fading away now. But thank you all. Uh, have been you've all absolutely been amazing. Thanks again to our amazing guest today, Sarah Humble. Amantha Murphy, who's had to go off to do other mm. things, B. Smith, Rosalind Durkin, Gina McGarry wasn't here, unfortunately. Uh, Evelyn Burton, it was nice to get a little bit from her for a while. Lovely, uh, vibrant. I loved her offering. Jackie Queeley there, uh, fabulous. And, of course, uh, she's disappeared now, uh, but uh, a little bit from uh, Claire Roach. Uh, so I would like to uh, ask all of you to uh, – this is going to be archived. It's all archived. And um, and a lot of you are going to be watching. Out of it, and uh, please keep commenting here if you're visiting us later. This has been the longest session we've done so far, but well worth it. Subscribe and click to the bell icons on both YouTube, Facebook to be reminded of details of what's coming up at the next Sunday sessions. Uh, thank you uh, so much. Uh, 
enjoy a safe uh, week, a lovely week uh, full of uh, thoughts about today, maybe your uh, wonders, uh, inspirations, and uh, all your enchantments. So until next Sunday, thank you for being with us. Thanks for all those fabulous guests. Play well, and uh, well, bye-bye. <clears throat> right, so uh, thank you all who are left. Whoops. Uh, <laughs> uh, thank you all that's left uh, among you. Um, yeah, great session. Thank you. We'll talk to you again. Thanks. Bye.